Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Today is the prediction show. It's the 53-man prediction show as on Tuesday we will find out who are the 53 men who will make the Philadelphia Eagles temporarily. That is, you know, pending any waiver claims to, you know, boot somebody from the roster. Um, You know, the guys that are injured that are going to be put on IR and guys that are then added. So this one's going to be... Probably one of the harder ones in in recent memory because there's just so many guys that are like on the fringe that are injured that I believe are going to be put on IR, but they're not going to be put on IR before cutdown because they believe these players can come back and play this season. And then to make it even harder, the Eagles made a trade today and they traded for Gardner Minshew. They gave a sixth-round pick with the condition uh, that it could become a fifth-round pick if Minshew plays in 50% of the snaps of three games this season. Um, They made this trade with Jacksonville. First and foremost, let's just get something clear here. If you are under the belief that trading for Gardner Minshew, giving up a sixth-round pick, yes, conditions can make it a fifth. But if you're under the belief that is because the Eagles do not believe in Jalen Hurts, Stop listening. Get off of the... uh, Don't listen to me. Just... How about this? Do yourself a bigger favor and don't ever listen to anything sports-related again because you have serious mental problems. You are mental if you think that the Eagles traded post-training camp for a quarterback who is at borderline, borderline a fringe starter in the National Football League is here to replace... Jalen Hurts this season. Listen, if you want to tell me the Eagles made this trade for Gardner Minshew because they have some convoluted plan that they're going to trade Jalen Hurts to the Texans for Deshaun Watson and they want Minshew here because they're under the belief that Watson might get suspended, at least I could see the logic in you trying to say that where maybe they roll with Flacco, Minshew's the backup. If Flacco struggles, they go to Minshew after a couple weeks when he gets used to the playbook as just a holdover for Deshaun Watson. At the very least, I could sit here and say there's some logic in that. But if you're under the belief that they traded for Gardner, Gardner Minshew and are doing this as a result because they don't fully trust Jalen Hurts, Seek therapy, because here's the truth. If the Eagles are keeping Jalen Hurts, which all reports today, this Deshaun Watson thing, like I said, it just won't go away. But the reports today state that the the Dolphins and the Broncos were the front runners and the Panthers, I guess, are still in it. Hey, all good. The Eagles were out, because guess what? Remember, this lunatic, Watson, has to pick his team. He has last say in this. You know, it's essentially like a no-trade clause. He could pick where he goes. And my belief is, I think he's told the Eagles, I don't want to come to Philadelphia. And guess what? That makes me a bigger football fan of him, because obviously his personal problems are, you know, potentially very disgusting, if true. But in regards to him as a football player... I love it because 
I don't want him in Philadelphia. I've never wanted him in Philadelphia. Allegations aside, I didn't want him in Philadelphia. I felt from the beginning, Jalen Hurts was the best option for the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts, with the assets that we have in our pocket right now, gives the Eagles the best chance to win a Super Bowl here in the next three seasons. Yes, three seasons. In fact, I'm not ruling anything out from this point forward because I believe that much in Jalen Hurts. Now, Minshew, what I believe, if, listen, I can't put anything past Howie Roseman because he's a, he, he's an absolute snake in the grass and he's slithering around here. So nothing, trust me, I put nothing past him. If he's trying to do something sneaky and creepy, I totally believe it. But if he's trying to think with sound logic, what would I believe is the move here? Um, Listen, they brought Mullins in. What did I tell you at the beginning? What did I say from the beginning when they signed Nick Mullins? They wanted a guy, right, who was young, who had uh, starting experience in the NFL, and who was going to be relatively cheap to be a backup quarterback. And uh, essentially, it was an upgraded version of Nate Sudfeld, right? That's what this is. They gave up a sixth-round pick. Like, hello, in the NFL draft, right, if we picked a quarterback in the sixth round, you'd go, that's developmental quarterback. You know, um, they were talking about it. Remember guys like Ian Book, if he fell there, or Sam Ellinger, who went in the sixth round. All these guys, they're like developmental guys who you hope can catch on, be a backup quarterback for you, and they'll be a cheap backup quarterback for you. Think about who we picked in the sixth round this year, right? Jacoby Stevens, you know, and Teron Jackson. Those guys are fringe guys to make this team, legitimately. At best, they are on the bubble. And you essentially now got a backup quarterback, a guy you could essentially let be your backup quarterback here for the next, you know, five years if, you know, contracts, you know, some team doesn't go psychotic and pay them big money, which, by the way, would tell me you're not going to have to worry too much about that because if you were able to acquire him for a six-round pick, that tells me the rest of the NFL wasn't banging on the Jaguars' door to get him. So... That's the whole point here. You get a cheap backup who's young, who could sit behind Jalen Hurts, and you know what? You have faith in him if something were to happen to Jalen Hurts where he has to come in and and hold water. Listen, is it going to be like Nick Foles? Of course not. That's once-in-a-lifetime stuff like there where where this guy comes in and wins the Super Bowl and outplays you know Tom Brady, who might be one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game on the biggest stage. That's something you, know, you can't just hope and expect and try to replicate. But the point here is you have Gardner Minshew in, just in case, let's say, Jalen Hurts next year when he's the quarterback, gets hurt and has to miss three games. Well, Gardner Minshew could hold the water for three games. That's why. That's why they brought Mullins in. That's what this team wanted to do. That was the plan with Nick Mullins. It was nothing against Joe Flacco because we watched that preseason game the other night. Joe Flacco played his best game of the preseason by a lot. He played really well. My issue with Flacco is, I've noticed this, he's Charlie Checkdown. He loves dropping the ball to the running backs and whatever, so be it. It's because he has no mobility, so anytime that pocket starts collapsing, he can't really extend plays. He tried last night. He actually, his play of the night was an extension um, where he was able to get outside the pocket. He points to Arthago Whiteside. He breaks up field. Arthago Whiteside makes the Alshon Jeffrey-type catch. Remember we drafted Arthago Whiteside and it was because he was going to be Alshon Jeffrey? Well, here's the thing. They actually pulled the Alshon Jeffrey card last night because he made an Alshon Jeffrey type play. It reminded me of the touchdown that Jeffrey scored against San Francisco in 2017. He went over the top of defender. You know what? He took a hit. 
scored. That's what Arthur Whiteside did. He was supposed to be Alshon Jeffrey 2.0, and he finally showed some type of Alshon Jeffrey play, and it just took, you know, what, three years. Now, um, like I said, we'll keep getting into more or less what's going to go on with the roster, but going over the game, it was a 31-31 final, and the first thing I want to say about this game is the very end, and I get it. To a lot of people, it meant nothing. The, the ending where, you know, they, the Jets threw a Hail Mary and they caught it and they got a two-point conversion and they tied it. There was a play, though, that happened with about a minute left. The Jets had no timeouts left. Michael Jaquette makes a great play after having a very poor game. Strips uh, a wide receiver on a catch, recovers the fumble, scores. Now, I know people don't think this is a big deal. It's just a preseason game. Who cares? Well, coaches care. His game awareness is zero because here's the thing. When he scored, he essentially gave the Jets another chance to tie the game. If he just recovers that fumble, drops to a knee, the game's over because the Jets have no timeouts. We are trotting out there and going in victory formation and Nick Mullins is taking three knees. And then he would have been released today anyway, as he was, by the way. He was released when they acquired Gardner Minshew. Um... But that would have been it, and Eagles would have won. But instead, he scored. And, and I know the, the P, oh, let him score. Who cares? He's got a touchdown. The coaches think about this stuff. And that's a guy who was on the fringe of making the team. I, I would safely say he was not going to make the team. Um, but he could be on the fringe of making our practice squad, and that's something that could affect your ability to make that practice squad because that's still $9,200 per week minimum if you're on the practice squad. And to me, Jaquette, you know what? He was very bad in the first half. The first touchdown they scored, it was a two-yard, um, you know, out route essentially. Like, what was it, an out and up? And they threw like a, a semi-fade to their wide receiver and Jaquette didn't even get his hands on the guy. Not good. Especially when you can't run and your whole belief is that you're going to be a physical corner and you got to be able to get your hands on guys, especially when they're right on the line of scrimmage and you're inside the five-yard line. He didn't do it and the Jets scored. How did we score our first touchdown, by the way? Boston Scott uh, caught the ball out of the backfield, made one incredible juke, and he scored. He looked the part. Kenny Gainwell looked the part. You know, Joe Flacco looked the part. Our offensive line. I thought Andre Dillard had a pretty good outing. I mean, he had a stupid penalty there late in the second half. But besides that, I thought Andre Dillard held up pretty, uh, pretty damn well. I thought our offensive line in general held up pretty damn well. I would sit there and tell you that a guy in the second half I thought played really well was LaRaven Clark. I thought LaRaven Clark was really good in this game. And it makes this conundrum at offensive line for when we do this roster prediction. Um, it's a big deal because here's the thing. The Minshew thing coming in, I know people don't think this is a big deal in regards to the roster, but it is because you were trying to find spots for some of these guys, and now it's official. The Eagles are going to keep three quarterbacks. That's 100%. I mean, ideally, I think the Eagles would have rather done this trade on Wednesday because then they could have set their 53, um, put somebody on IR, made the trade, you know what I mean? Instead, now they got to maneuver around it. Just one more thing they have to go through. But in regards to the football game, things that I learned, like other little notable facts from that, because again, you're not going to take much because the starters didn't play. The wide receivers did, with the exception of Devontae Smith. Um, let's just talk about the receivers. So, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, they played like the first series and they were out. Uh, Jalen Rager had a nice play. But, there is a real serious battle at the bottom here of the depth chart for the wide receivers. And the name you're going to hear now is Travis Fulgham. 
under no circumstance am I cutting Travis Fogel. To me, that is ridiculous if they do this. Because here's the thing. This guy dominated the NFL for a month. For a month. I don't care if it was a flash in the pan. I don't care if it's never going to happen again. I don't care if it was the luckiest month any player's ever had. He dominated the NFL for a month. You'll never tell me that John Hightower is going to dominate the NFL for a month. You'll never tell me that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is going to dominate the NFL for a month. Listen, I'm not advocating that Ortega-Whiteside and Hightower are cut right here with this, but I'm telling you, if you put these guys into a fishbowl and tell me, who do I want? Fulgham, uh, Ortega-Whiteside, or Hightower, Fulgham's number one. I've seen Travis Fulgham dominate the NFL. I have never seen any of those two other guys at any, any level dominate like Travis Fulgham did for a month. So I get it. The Travis Fulgham play yesterday where he had the catch, it was never really fully secured. He fumbles it. I get it. His preseason in terms of the games wasn't so good. He had a really good practice, I know, Tuesday with the Jets and one of those joint practices. But I believe, like I said, I haven't seen Jalen Rager do anything close to what Travis Fulgham has. Quez Watkins? Of course not. Listen, I love Greg Ward. Greg Ward's as solid as it gets. But even he has never played to that level that Fulgham did. To me, cutting Travis Fulgham, a young guy, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, too. He's still young. He's still growing. And I get it. His, you know, concentration issues can be a big deal. And and he's not the easiest guy in terms of how to coach because you're not getting what you want out of him at all times. But giving up on Travis Fulgham would be a huge mistake in my opinion. Yes, the Eagles can cut him. Yes, somebody could pick him up and he can never, ever matter again. Is that possible? Of course it is. I understand that. But I'm just sitting here saying at the end of your depth chart, if you have a guy who has dominated the NFL for a month, who's still under 25 years old, cutting that guy is just foolish. That's what I believe. I believe that is a foolish move. I would not cut Travis Fulgham. He would be on my roster. And then I'd decide if you want to keep six receivers, you could debate between Arthiga Whiteside and Hightower as much as you want. But Fulgham to me is still a lock. I'm not quitting on him just yet. Now, in regards to cornerbacks, because we talked about Michael Jaquette. Here's a name you have not heard, right? You haven't heard this name at all. Kayvon Seymour. I watched that game last night. And let me tell you somebody who stuck out to me really good was Kayvon Seymour. I thought he played a really good football game. I thought he was around the football a lot. Again, I thought he made some good plays. He had that weird, was it really an interception? It probably wasn't. But hey, they didn't overturn it. He got the turnover. Every time the ball was out, like he was in on plays, I liked what I saw from Kayvon Seymour. I liked it a lot more than what I've seen from guys like, and I get it, McPherson had the interception in the uh, on the two-point conversion but I saw more from Kayvon Seymour tonight than I had seen from anybody else. And we're coming down here on this roster, and I keep hearing this name, Craig James. Craig James is going to make this team. Craig James is going to make this team because he's a really good special teams player. Craig James cannot stay healthy. He didn't play in the preseason, hello. Like, he didn't play. He can't stay healthy. There's a problem here with Craig James. Like, you can love him for being a special teams player all you want. I love players that could actually produce, that actually have the ability to play in football games. Craig James can't. We cut Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones last year, and I have no problems with that, in favor of a guy like Craig James. And Craig James never contributed. 
We had to have a guy like Michael Jaquette playing last year. We had to have a guy like Jameson Houston playing last year because Craig James couldn't get on the field because he was hurt because he's always hurt. So please, spare me this whole thing of having Craig James be on this roster as a lock. When I saw a guy like Kayvon Seymour, who I thought played really good and gave a lot of effort, and I'd have no problem with Kayvon Seymour being on this team. You know, we're talking so much now. And again, this is just notes I got from the game last night. Like another guy who I was really, really impressed with was um, Taron Jackson, number 75, Vinnie Curry's old number. Taron Jackson was all over that field. I was really, really happy from what I saw with Taron Jackson. I really was. Sixth-round pick. Patrick Johnson, seventh-round pick. Linebacker, plays the same role as Jannard Avery. I thought he played pretty well. You know, Another guy who's not going to make this team, he's been on our practice squad and everybody under, doesn't understand why and all this stuff. I thought this guy played pretty well in the second half and I liked watching him play was Elijah Holyfield. He rounds hard. He runs hard, and it makes me wonder why the Eagles did not give him a chance last year with all the injuries we had, why he did not get called up. I mean, I know they re-signed Jordan Howard and all that stuff, but why did they not last year just give Elijah Holyfield a chance? Because I liked what I saw from him last night. I have no issues if he's on this practice squad again. Those were my main takeaways from that football game last night. Again, it's over. The preseason is done. We're going to have the roster here in, what, three days? So it's done in Tuesday. So I'm going to do my 53-man prediction, but before I do, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. So let's do the 53-man predictions. Who are the 53 men that are going to make the Philadelphia Eagles? And let's start right at the top, as you guys could hear in the background, my son. He's very interested in hearing this as well. That's why he's making those sounds. Uh He's, see, he's very, very interested. So who are going to be the 53 men that make the Eagles? Well, like I said, let's start a quarterback. The three are in. It's Jalen Hurts, Joe Flacco, and it's Gardner Minshew. And you know what I mean? I already went on my rant about the stupid people who think that Minshew's here to possibly replace Hurts, like a guy like Ryan Clark, who's just a complete moron. He's a moron. I don't care. He played professional football, and he actually thinks that a team traded for a quarterback post-training camp, post-preseason, to eventually uh, replace a guy who's been here all offseason with a new coaching staff, learning the playbook, all preseason, all training camp. That's what a guy who's paid millions of dollars by ESPN thought. Stop listening to national sports radio. They're just complete morons, really. I mean, I get it, the whole, you know, hot takes and all that stuff. These guys are just so out to lunch. And again, I don't even, like I said, I don't even buy into what any of them say because I think what they say now is to try to get clicks, likes, and retweets and, and interactions and all that stupid crap. They don't even believe their own garbage that comes out of their mouth. But Ryan Clark is a moron and he has lost all credibility with me. Like, not that he had any, but I mean, it's just to show you that he, Jalen Hurts, you know, he, they're, they're screwing with him. Yeah, they're screwing with Jalen Hurts. That's what they're doing here. They're screwing with Jalen Hurts. Here's the thing. This team, I get it, everybody believes that, you know, the quarterback position, it's so mentally weak because Carson Wentz was soft as tissue paper. Just because he's soft and mentally weak doesn't mean Jalen Hurts is. In fact, Jalen Hurts has shown to me that he's nothing even remotely close to soft. He's, he, he's as mentally strong a quarterback as I could ever recall. So just because Carson Wentz got his feelings hurt because the Eagles picked Jalen Hurts last year, do not put Jalen Hurts in a Carson Wentz category ever. 
they could bring Brett Favre in his prime in here, and Jalen Hurts would still have the same mindset. He's ready to win. He knows and believes in himself. That's just how it is. But the three quarterbacks are in, right? And remember this too. It also helps because you want to have three quarterbacks, and I know people think that that's foolish and that's a waste of an asset. It's not though because there's this thing um, that's going on in the world. It's still going. It's called COVID-19. And listen, you could be fully vaccinated and still test positive. We're, we're seeing that around the NFL. It happened with the Eagles themselves. Alex Singleton was fully vaccinated. He tested positive. So if your quarterback has to potentially miss a week, uh, uh, you want to be prepared, right? I mean, we were the team last year that had Josh McCown on our practice squad. So we had four quarterbacks essentially ready to run. That's why you have a guy like Gardner Minshew here. That's why having three quarterbacks is advantageous. Ask the Denver Broncos what happened to them. And I get it. That's because it wasn't everybody tested. They were all close contacts. And, you know, they did something stupid in a meeting and it cost them their thing. But the point here is having three quarterbacks, this is the year to do it. If you're ever going to do it, you have three quarterbacks until this whole situation is in our rear view where you don't have to worry about guys testing positive and then being forced out of games. So those will be the three quarterbacks. Now, the running backs, there will be four. And with on Johnson being released last week, it's pretty clear. It's Miles Sanders, it's Kenny Gainwell, it's Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott. Those are the four running backs. Now, who will be the wide receivers? Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward. Those four guys are in. Travis Fulgham is on my team 100%. I don't care, and I, I really hope the Eagles are not foolish tomorrow. Or on Tuesday, I mean, keep Travis Fulgham. I think they keep six. I've seen J.J. Ortega-Whiteside playing special teams. I believe J.J. Ortega-Whiteside makes this team because of his special teams. You know, he, he has adapted that. I think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside ends up being our sixth receiver, and I think the Eagles are going to try to sneak a guy like John Hightower back onto their practice squad. Another guy I'd want to see, by the way, is Mark and Michelle, because he got the ball a couple times last night, and he made some plays. So I have no problem whatsoever with Mark and Michelle also being on this practice squad. I know he was at it late. Him and Andre Patton, I'm cool with both of those guys. I liked what I saw from them, especially Michelle. When he gets the ball in open field, he's got some juice to him. So I'd have no issue with the Eagles putting him on the practice squad and potentially giving this guy a chance if you know injuries come up, because I liked what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from him a couple preseasons ago, but Clayton Thorson was thrown in the ball, so we never really got an idea of how good he could possibly be now tight ends this is where we come to that conundrum with the guys that are injured because Tyree Jackson's hurt he's only expected to miss what it was eight to ten weeks and he got hurt after what was it the the beginning of the Patriots week so that's two weeks out so he'd probably be six to eight weeks out by the time the first game comes it becomes four to six weeks I think the Eagles don't want to put him on IR and take his season away from him. They definitely want him to develop, and the best way to develop, he's let him practice and stuff. My prediction is they go with, because Ertz is still here. Now, this could change if Ertz gets traded, too. He could also be traded here before the season starts. But right now, with Ertz still being on the roster, it's Goddard, Ertz, and Jackson. If they trade Ertz, I think it's Goddard, uh, Stoll, and Jackson. And the key thing here is they're going to put Tyree Jackson on uh, IR and re-sign Richard Rodgers. In both scenarios. Because here's the thing. If they cut Jack Stoll and they're able to get him on the practice squad, they're just going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the plan would be. If they're going to take the risk of cutting Jack Stoll like it was with Noah Togiai last year and hope that they could just slide him into the practice squad, that's what they're going to do. Because they're, But it's not going to be a thing where they cut him 
and put him back on the roster for Tyree Jackson, that would be what they do with Richard Rodgers. Because if you cut Jack Stoll, you might as well just put him on your practice squad. So I'll go right now with Ertz on the roster, Goddard, Ertz, Jackson. If he is traded Ertz, it's Goddard, uh, Stoll, Jackson. Now, offensive line. Now, by the way, that's three tight ends. That is six receivers. That's nine players, right? Four running backs. That's 13. And three quarterbacks. That's 16. I thought 10 linemen were making this team. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what the deal is with Landon Dickerson. He's not practiced. I, I figured he'd be on the non-injury or non-football injury or whatever the PUP list, whatever like that. So I've not I've heard mixed things on if he's gonna even count towards this roster thing. Let's just say Landon Dickerson doesn't count. I'm gonna say it's nine linemen still. So that'll give us 25 guys. If it's nine linemen, right? I'm gonna say the nine linemen are. And here are the starters. It's Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson. Uh, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Ciamalo, and Jason Kelsey. The backups then, and again, this is without Landon Dickerson counting, is Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig, Andre Dillard, and LaRaven Clark. I know a lot of people think so of Sua Opeta. I think Sua Opeta is somebody they can get on their practice squad with no problems whatsoever. I do not believe there's a team clamoring around the league for Sua Opeta. Uh, I think the move is keeping LaRaven Clark. I would not want to let that guy go. He could play right tackle as well. Because here's the thing. You could have Jack Driscoll do it, but I think Jack Driscoll playing as a guard is ideal. He has position versatility. Remember, this is also a thing where it's nice to have the position versatility when you're going to be playing in um, actual games because guys are going to be inactive. I would want to keep LaRaven Clark. I thought he looked really, really good last night. I think that a guy who's played in the NFL, especially a tackle, I trust having a guy like LaRaven Clark around. I wouldn't want to expose him for no need necessary. Now, if Dickerson counts, LaRaven Clark's out. And I know that means Matt Pryor's out, Toth, all these guys, but hey, that's what it is. They, they've stacked up the offensive line, and you're, you're just not going to convince me a guy like Nate Herbig, who's played center now for the last two games in the preseason, position versatility, you know what I mean? Like, there's nobody backing up Kelsey. It's, it's Herbig, because it's not Simalo, it's Herbig. So I just look at a guy like Matt Pryor, and it looks like, again, no problem putting these guys on the practice squad. That's what you can do here. If a team comes and gets them, it's so be it. But I think a guy like Matt Pryor could be snuck back onto the practice squad as well. I just don't think there's as much a clamoring around the league. Like People think like once you cut these guys, they're gone forever. You're never going to have a chance. Trust me, these teams are all having their own discussions on guys to keep. They're going to get some of their own fringe players back on their own practice squads as well. I get it. We're going to pick some guys. You know, Other teams are going to pick some of our guys. That's just how it goes. But again, don't think just because you cut somebody like a Matt Pryor, oh, he's definitely gone. Somebody's going to pick him. Yeah, he'll have the option to go to somebody else's practice squad. But his best bet, seeing what happened with the Eagles here, he'd probably have to sit there and say, I have to go back there because I, you know, the way they got hurt the last couple of years, I'm definitely going to get a chance to play again. So that's 25 offensive players. So now we have 25 defensive players. My defensive ends. Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Ryan Kerrigan, Taron Jackson. I, I get it. I know a lot of people think that's a fringe guy, and I'm going to put him on. He's a draft pick, six-round pick. Salary is so manageable. I mean, that's the thing, too, here. Like, that plays a part. Like, he's a, he's a cheap, 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 cheap contract. And he's a guy who showed potential. I would not let Taron Jackson go. I think he could be developed into a solid player. Defensive tackles. 
Cox, Hargrave, Milton Williams, T.Y. McGill. I guess Hassan Ridgeway is going to be a fringe guy here. So we'll keep him on the uh, on the bubble here. But those would be the four for sure. I do think they'd want to get to five defensive tackles. But, I mean, you could always put somebody. You're, you're not going to dress five defensive tackles. So, I mean, you could always have one on your practice squad. Like, again, the difference between a guy like Ridgeway and Raekwon Williams and all this stuff and or Marlon uh, Tuliopoloto, the guy from USC that they picked. These are guys you could put on your practice squad, have one of them sit there, and then if you have injuries, you're bringing them up anyway. But those would be my four. I think T.Y. McGill has earned a spot on this team. He's been, he had a great preseason. He, he was unbelievable this preseason. It'd be a shame if T.Y. McGill's not put on the team. That's the truth, especially if you picked Hassan Ridgeway over him because Hassan Ridgeway has a history of just getting hurt. So it makes no sense to keep Hassan Ridgeway over a guy like T.Y. McGill. Linebackers. So by the way, that is nine defensive linemen. Linebackers are Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson. That's a lock. That's the only locks. My next bet would be you'd have TJ Edwards, right? There's three. Sean Bradley plays really good special teams. I don't ex- expect the Eagles to cut Sean Bradley. That would be four. Davion Taylor is not going anywhere. That's five. But Davion Taylor's hurt. So they're going to want to put him on IR, right? So my guess is he'll go on IR, and it's just going to be a question of who can you sneak back on? Is it Jacoby Stevens, you know? Is it uh, Patrick Johnson? Is it Jannard Avery? Because Jannard Avery's hurt. And you want to get Patrick Johnson on this team. The linebackers, I think, will be Singleton, Wilson, Taylor, Edwards, Bradley, and Avery. I think they could get Jacoby Stevens back on this roster if they need be to replace Taylor. And I, the Patrick Johnson one's going to be tough, but I think it's so tough because Osman's gone. I could see the Eagles. We're going to put him on the fringe being worried because that Sam linebacker spot, it's Avery and Johnson. Those are the two guys that play it. So I could see them being a little concerned about exposing Johnson because then they're kind of screwed because if Avery can't play it, that's a position now that they've lost. We'll still say those are the six, but Ridgeway and Johnson right now are on this bubble. So with that, that's nine and six, that's 15. Corners are Darius Slay, Stephen Nelson, Avante Maddox, Zach McPherson, and for me, it's Kayvon Seymour. I'm going to go Kayvon Seymour as the fifth guy. I know it's probably going to be Craig James. I understand that. I'm fully aware. And in fact, it could be a guy that's actually on somebody else's roster. This could be somewhere where we go for a waiver pickup. Um, they could do that at D-tackle as well, by the way. They could also do that for that Sam linebacker spot if they see somebody around the league that they like with it. But I'm going to go Kayvon Seymour. Then the safeties, I'm going to go Harris, McLeod, Epps, uh, Kayvon Wallace, and he's another one dealing with an injury. And I get it. A lot of people are going to say, what about Andrew Adams? I've had him on this team. I'd pass. I think Elijah Riley's better than him anyway. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the injury. So Elijah Riley goes to my bubble because Kayvon Wallace is dealing with an injury. Who knows if he's going to be ready or whatnot. They're not going to go into that game, by the way, with just McLeod and Epps, or McLeod and Epps, Harrison Epps being the only two guys that are healthy for sure. Like if McLeod is on the fence, you know what I mean? You're... I'd want to envision the Eagles keeping five safeties, but like I said, Elijah Riley's somebody that could be called up from that practice squad to play. So, that's a nine in the secondary, right? Five corners, four safeties, six linebackers. So that's 15, nine is 24. So who's the last spot? Is it Ridgeway? Is it Patrick Johnson? Or is it Elijah Riley? Again, guys are going on to, you know, IR. 
like Avery, it's not like you're going to have Johnson on this roster and he's he's going to take Avery's spot. So Avery's spot's going to open. You know what I mean? It's just, are you adding Ridgeway or Riley? The safety's health are what I'm concerned about. So I could see Elijah Riley being that fifth guy. He'll be my prediction right now as Elijah Riley makes this. And again, I don't know if, I think he might be dealing with an injury, to be honest, too. It's like, it's so crazy with all the injuries at the back end of the Eagles. Like, their starters, thank goodness, because they didn't play much or are healthy, but it's these back end guys. So I'm going to go Patrick Johnson as the linebacker for the initial 53. But like I said, I could see a scenario where a guy, if Elijah Riley's healthy, he makes this, or a guy that they pick off waivers at safety, um, or Hassan Ridgeway, same thing. And the specialists are going to be Jake Elliott, Aaron Sipos, and Rick Lovato. That is my 53-man prediction. Tuesday, the rosters will be announced. We will have a show Tuesday night going over who made the team. And my thoughts on what is the potential of who's going to be swung because there's going to be moves then the next 24 hours after that. We don't play until the following Sunday. So what we'll do is we'll be back then. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like, if there's no moves or anything like that, we'll just do the, the annual, you know, the pregame Thursday show, and then we'll go over the game on Sunday. But my guess is between that Tuesday and Thursday, that's nine days, we're going to have something go down and something to talk about. So more than likely I'd be back if it's not Thursday or the week before, maybe that Monday, just to go over some news and notes, get ready for the game week. But again, that's my 53-man prediction. It's going to be so hard because I envision there's going to be a lot of moves made post-roster cutdown. Don't flip out about Gardner Minshew. He's not replacing Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is QB1, and he is going to steal, steal the MVP this year. I'm calling it. That is my bold prediction on the season is Jalen Hurts is going to be in the MVP discussion. I mean that. I truthfully believe Jalen Hurts is going to be in the MVP discussion because I believe the Eagles are much better than people think. Six wins, take the over. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.